Welcome to the Nick's State of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Danny Small, alongside my co-host, Chip Murphy. Chip, how's it going? How are we doing this weekend? Uh, could be better, man. Coming off the Yankees loss. Not so yeah. great. Tell me We're about recording it. Uh, Saturday at 3.40 in the afternoon, so the Yankees loss still hasn't really the, – the hurt yeah. from that one still hasn't gone away. That's, but, actually, uh, that's, that's probably why – um, well, there's a couple of reasons, but uh, our third co-host, yeah. uh, Matt Castillo, yeah. couldn't be on. But part of the reason is because he was yelling at the TV so much last <laughs> night um, that he doesn't have a voice anymore. So, um, <laughs> well, he was yelling at the TV, TV and yelling on his radio show. So it's like a combination of, of that yeah. for Matt. Um, but yeah, that was brutal. Uh, and to be honest with you, just sucked seeing the Rays, you know, the team that they had so much bad blood with sucks to be knocked out by those guys. Uh, but I guess with that said, now we can kind of move on and uh, I can forget about the Yankees in 2020 and start to focus a little bit more on the Knicks because uh, they got the draft coming up um, in a month or so. We're not really going to get into any draft stuff today, but we are going to start doing some more of that stuff as the draft gets closer. But today we're going to kind of talk about all the, the rumors kind of going on around the Knicks surrounding um, who they might trade for, some of the young players, uh, different stuff like that. Obviously, the big name that we'll start with, because uh, this has been something that we've talked about before, but it really is the biggest name. Um, and kind of, to me, it might be the one where there's the most smoke around it. But that's the Knicks possibly trading for Chris Paul and reuniting him with Leon Rose, who's his former agent, now team president of the Knicks. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll start it off with you, Chip, to just kind of give us uh, give us a rundown on your thoughts on the, the kind of the ongoing Chris Paul rumors, um, where you think they actually are in terms of like how likely it is um, and kind of all that. So curious to hear what your thoughts are, Chip. Yeah, I'm a huge Chris Paul fan, so I'd love to have him with the Knicks. But I feel like in terms of – what I see on Twitter, I'm probably in the minority there. But look, I, I love Chris Paul. I think the the rumor, the rumors of him being traded to New York are not going to go away until he gets traded somewhere else, whether it's Milwaukee, Philadelphia. And I don't buy that Doc Rivers being the coach of the Sixers means that Chris Paul isn't going to go there. Even though I think it's less likely, I think the Bucks are more likely. I just don't think that rules the Sixers out I think OKC wants to save money and he's gone and they're gonna try and find a place but yeah I think the rumors are like you said where there's smoke there's fire and there's a lot of smoke around Chris Paul to the Knicks and now we've had with this latest report from Berman we've had names tied to it and uh, Macri was on this before about how Kevin Knox was tied to the trade and now uh we had Berman actually state that Oklahoma City would probably prefer Kevin Knox in a trade even though the Knicks would rather give up uh Neil Akina or Dennis Smith Jr. Oklahoma City would prefer Kevin Knox 
which I don't know if that's true or not. I feel, I feel like if I were Oklahoma City, I'd rather have Frank Nielakina than Kevin Knox, but uh, maybe not since they're rebuilding. Who knows? They may have a – they may want a player with more upside. But, <clears throat> yeah, that, that's where my head went on that, the Kevin Knox thing, because when people read this report, they weren't really thinking about uh, Chris Paul. They were thinking, oh, my God, we're giving up young players for 35-year-old Chris Paul. It's the end of the world. I mean, it went right back to that Knicks, my, Knicks fan mindset where you see the word trade and overreaction. We can't trade anything. What are we doing? We need to cultivate everything. We need to hoard our assets. We're not giving up anything. We're going to win a championship without trading anything. We're going to win a championship with R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Frank Nielakina, Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr. all still on the roster. There's people who think like that. It's craziness. Come on. Like someone's getting traded. The odds of R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson being on the team in five years are unlikely. So one of those guys is probably going to be traded. So the idea that Kevin Knox is still going to be on a team in five years, come on, let's be real. I'm not saying we should trade him for Chris Paul, but look, it's obvious, obvious that Leon Rose really wants Chris Paul because that's the, I mean, Ian Begley said it recently uh, on a podcast. The Knicks are not talking a lot to the media, this front office, but the one thing that has become known is that Leon Rose wants Chris Paul on the Knicks. That's pretty much it. That's all that's come out from this front office. Mm. The only thing that's come out has been Chris Paul is coming to the Knicks. I mean, that, that rumor that the Knicks were uh, going to have an offer for Fred Van Vliet was debunked by Bagley. But the only real thing that we know is that they want Chris Paul. So if they want Chris Paul and the Thunder say, well, you're going to have to give us Kevin Knox to get Chris Paul, I don't think Leon Rose is going to say, oh, no, we need Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox, yeah, is, that's, we love Kevin that's Knox. A, that's After a deal the way breaker. he's played the last two years, yeah, Kevin Knox is a deal breaker, one of the five worst players in the NBA mm-hmm. over the last two years. I don't think so. And I think um, just to kind of touch on some of the Kevin Knox points you were making earlier, I think to me, I probably, if I'm in OKC's shoes, I probably would rather have Knox over Nilakina just because they already have like a guy – that perimeter defender, uh, Lugans Dort, like they already have him. They have a point guard in uh, SGA. And then Knox is one year younger than Frank. So just from a contract perspective, you have a little bit more time before you have to, you know, sign him or whatever. Not that either of these guys are on track to really get signed for a big deal or anything like that, but that just gives OKC, you know, another, another year of time essentially to kind of, work the guys through their system and things like that. Because uh, that's, that's one thing that we have seen from OKC is they, they do know how to develop guys. I mean, obviously SGA was on his way to being a pretty good player in L.A., but really took a next step um, in OKC. Then you have a guy like Lugan Stort who, you know, started in the G League. Uh, I believe he was undrafted, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but, you know, they develop him into a guy and what he end up, you know, in that elimination game having 30 points and shutting down uh, James Harden for most of the game. So they do have a, a, a good track record with, with kind of developing some of these young talents, um, especially guys who, you know, I mean, Knox was highly touted coming in, but um, 
and I'd say SGA was kind of probably right on par with him there. But, you know, in terms of, like, Dort, who's, like, an unexpected guy, things like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think Kevin Knox is a deal breaker for any deal. I'm kind of in the same boat, um, I think, with most people where I don't think the Knicks have to make a trade for Chris Paul. Like, I, I wouldn't be, like, jumping out of my seat to do it if I'm the Knicks because um, you, you hold on to one of those first-rounders Maybe, you know, Knox under new new coaching staff shows a lot of improvement. You never know. Um, and Paul's contract is obviously huge. I don't think I would be jumping at the chance to trade for Chris Paul. But at the same time, I mean, the Knicks aren't going to become the Miami Heat overnight. But you see how valuable uh, kind of a, a lead dog, an alpha dog, um, and a guy who, who's been around the league, who has had success – you see like kind of how Jimmy Butler has basically transformed Miami from a middling team in the East to like a legitimate like championship contender. And not that Paul is going to do the same thing with the Knicks. He's not going to turn him into a championship contender by any stretch. But if you, if you have Paul and you have him with RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, whoever the first round pick is this year, you know, even though they're probably going to have to give up a first rounder to get Paul, you still have a bunch of other first rounders coming in. Um, you know, uh, there's all this talk about Mello coming in too. So even though the Knicks might not, you know, they might not be like that top pick in the next year's draft that, you know, I, honestly is probably pretty, pretty valuable considering how good the 2021 class is going to be. I think getting Paul does give you that kind of, um, that start of, you know, culture, quote unquote, you know, whatever you want. Like, I know that's kind of a, a buzzword that, you know, doesn't really have meaning until it does have meaning. But I think bringing Chris Paul in can kind of push you in the right direction. But with that said, like, if it's Knox, two first rounders, another young player, you know, then you start getting into uh, a spot where you're giving up a lot for two years of a guy that's not going to turn you into a championship contender. Um, but I don't know. I, I go back on back and forth on Paul because it's, it's kind of like, you have to see what they give up before before I grade that potential trade. Um, but I'm with you, too. I, I love Chris Paul. I think he's one of the best point guards, you know, of this generation for sure. But, you know, I mean, he's a bona fide Hall of Famer. Uh, it's just, does he fit the timeline of the Knicks? I don't know. No, for sure. I totally understand the thought process of, look, we don't want to – uh, trade too much for him. I don't want to do that. I don't want to trade frightening Lakina, Kevin Knox, and a first-round pick for him. That's a lot to give up for him. I don't understand the the fans who are like, I don't want to trade for him at all, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't understand the 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 complete denial of any trade at all, just because oh, he's he makes all this money. He's he's old like somebody tweeted at me uh, it was a couple days ago uh referencing like how all these uh older players have come to us and sucked in the past like come on man you can't not make moves based on that yeah Yeah. if leon rose is gonna ignore shit his entire time as the front in the front office because we've had nothing but bad luck that's like to me Sorry, not to cut you off, but to me, that's that's like the guy, you know, the, the the person who's like who's like the Knicks have made bad trades in the past. They should make another one. To me, that's like the person who's like, 
oh, I'm taking Michigan State this week because they've beaten, you know, Iowa State 12 of the last 15 times. And it's like, yeah, but, like, 10 years ago literally has no effect on what's happening now. Like, they're just – it's completely different teams. Like, same logic applies to this. Like, completely different front office. Like, completely different coaching staff. Completely different players. Like, you can't just say, oh, because the Knicks have, you know, tried that before, it's going to fail this time. You can't – like, it's – that's just – obviously, you can use – past history as you know uh, I guess a guide or you know to to kind of help influence your decisions but you can't say like you, you can't just be like listen trades haven't worked for us in the past so we're done with trades like you would be any any front office would be idiotic to kind of like shut down one area of uh one area of team building because it, it hasn't worked for the franchise before like that's just that's not that's twitter nonsense yeah. And I realized, look, 44 million in 2021, 2022. It's a That's ton a of lot. money. Yeah, it's and a lot of gonna money. Be, yeah. He's going to be 36 years old. I mean, it's a lot of money. I get that. But I just think discounting the idea of trading for him at all is ridiculous. And I don't get that. Like, just he's Chris fucking Paul. Yeah. I mean, and like, I, I love Frank Nilakina. I really do. But saying like saying Frank saying a dude who averages six points a game for his career, it like someone when they tweeted out the Chris Paul thing, someone was like, uh, uh, if they trade Frank Nilakina for Chris Paul, that's it for me. I'm like <laughs> dude, saying that saying that a dude who averages six points per game is the breaking point in your fandom. Yeah. <laughs> For one of the greatest point guards of all time, like, dude, come on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm as big of a Frank guy as there is out there. I've written a million words probably on him over the years, but yeah, I mean, Chris, like Chris Paul, Frank, or excuse me, Frank Milikina, Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, like none of those guys are deal breakers. And to me, and this goes back to some of our past episodes where we talked about like Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell um, and things like that. Like there are people who are like, I wouldn't trade RJ Barrett for Donovan Mitchell. Like no way you can't give up RJ Barrett and a deal like that. And it's like, there are people who wouldn't trade Dennis Smith jr. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's this, this there are delu- fans who literally they wouldn't do that trade. They're insane. It's, it's delusional, like a delusional mindset of, and this is this goes for this isn't just Knicks fans. This goes for every fans or every team's fans in like almost every sport. Like they think that their prospects are like all untouchable and like you can't trade any of them yeah. for anyone. But you know, like, oh, if if we just load up with like three or four extra second round draft picks, that will sweeten the pot for, for Donovan Mitchell to come to New York. It's like, no, if you're gonna go after big name guys and stars you're gonna have to give up something and obviously Chris Paul is a little bit different because you're not trading him for you know to get him forever you're trading him for these two years he obviously has a big contract so you don't have to give up a guy like RJ Barrett or Mitchell Robinson but just my point remains like anytime you're gonna trade for somebody you have to give up something of value and if Frank Milikina is like the most valuable asset you're giving up in a trade that's not bad as much as I love Frank, that's a that's probably a good deal for the Knicks. 
Yeah, and I mean, look at the NBA Finals with the Lakers. I mean, obviously, building through the draft is the only way to win a championship, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come uh, on. They they traded away their draft picks for like but, the next fifteen years, and then like they're they're two or three of their yeah. you know bright young players. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Like, like it just it is what it is. I mean. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure right now the Lakers would ha- love to have like a, a Josh Hart maybe in that that lineup or Brandon Ingram or somebody. But but yeah, you got to do what you got to do to get the star. And as renowned as the Heat are for their drafting and their player development, they wouldn't be here without mm-hmm. signing a free agent, yeah. Jimmy Butler. And they mm-hmm. would not be as renowned as they are right now without signing LeBron James and Chris Bosh in free agency. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, building through the draft is huge, but in the end, is it really as important as free agency or trades? I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I think that puts you over the hump more than uh, building through the draft. Don't you think? I, I think like, that, outside definitely. Of, yeah. Yeah. And outside of LeBron James, what team, what I, I can't think of a guy off the top of my head who was, Drafted and obviously Tim Duncan, a guy who went number Before one and won a championship. Has there been anybody since? I mean, well, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, yeah, that was I was going to say, but but that's also. A, I mean, they don't win that championship if LeBron doesn't come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and I don't. I, I saw this. I saw it maybe like a few weeks ago, uh, but it was something about like teams that have won an NBA championship and you know where they're best draft picks were because it was in relation to the heat um and it's like you know the teams that win the championships don't usually have like number one picks on their team or you know number two top three or anything like that like that's generally not how you build a championship winner i mean listen it can help you jumpstart the franchise you know you you get Kyrie irving you get lebron james number one like obviously that's going to help you go in the right direction but building a winner is not, you know, is clearly we're seeing from Philly that that doesn't, that doesn't mean everything because Philly did everything that they could with the, with the trust process where they get Joel Embiid and they get Ben Simmons, they get these two elite talents, but they're having issues because they just didn't build around them properly. So, I mean, they did, they did really well in the draft. They hit two home runs in the draft. Like people, every team would love to have one of those guys in the draft, not, you know, let alone two, but they didn't get the right role players around them. They let Jimmy Butler walk. Like they didn't do well in free agency. They haven't made like that big trade, you know, I mean, actually, yeah, they've traded for Tobias Harris and then signed him and that clearly backfired. They signed Al Horford. So it's like, it's about way more than just one thing. I mean, trading, trading, signing and drafting is, it's like all kind of, I don't even know if you if you could put assign like a percentage of to what's like more valuable or you know what have you because I think it varies team to team, um, but people get too caught up in we're gonna do this this way we're gonna we're gonna draft our team we're gonna make sure we get all that or on the flip side you get it you know the opposite side where it's like we're gonna go after free agents we're gonna go after Kevin Durant and Kyrie. And that backfires. You need to have, like, a good solid mix of, of everything, I think, personally. Um, but I guess kind of we're kind of going off on a, on a tangent here on, on overall team building. Um, let's talk a little bit about Victor Oladipo because uh, he's a guy who is rumored to want out. Yeah, I know he denied it, but um, 
there's rumors that he wants out in his last year with Indiana. Um, and actually Mark Berman of the post, he wrote a story about how NBA officials said that they think the Knicks are actually going to have Oladipo as a higher priority than Paul, which I'll, I'll go to you first to get your thoughts, Chip. But I think that I think going for Oladipo over Paul would be a big mistake. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I think it's a huge mistake to go for Oladipo at all. I wouldn't go after Oladipo, I, I think. Especially when uh, you have that. It's not even just about the injury, which is obviously a huge concern. He played 19 games this year. Yeah, 19 games this year, 36 last year. You know, he played 75 incredible games in 2017-18. And since, since then, I mean, if you take those games away, he's been a, what, a 17, 16 point per game scorer for his career. So he's had 75 outstanding games. And outside of that, he's been you know, an, an average player. I mean, an above average player, but not an all-star level player. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, and look, Indiana's going to demand a, a lot of, we're talking about Kevin Knox and Frank Nielakina. Indiana's going to demand one of those guys for Oladipo, maybe more, and picks. They may say, give us RJ Barrett. So I think the idea of, because especially since Oladipo's not in his mid-30s, like Paul, Oladipo's... 28. I mean, he's older longer than you think, but I just think with his injury, it's too much of a risk. I mean, we haven't seen enough of him since the, since uh, the surgery. So, I mean, 45 games in the last two years and man, he didn't look good this year. Yeah, I think. And I've, like he he really it's it's not a good look in indiana and now he's trying to force his way out of there it's i realize nate mcmillan just got fired and that's a kind of a bad situation but i don't know his stock has taken a real hit in the last two years is there anybody whose stock has taken more of a hit in the last two years than his shit he was on top of the world yeah 17, i don't know <clears throat> he almost like yeah Imagine they, you know, they beat LeBron in that seven-game first-round series. Like, he he was on his way to people, you know, calling him, like, you know, one of the next superstars in the league. And unfortunately, unfortunately. Paul George, I guess, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's a good – I was was trying to think, but, yeah. (laughs) Paul George, definitely. And it's funny that those two are are linked in that way. um, The two Pacers. Yeah, the trade. but yeah, I'm I'm with you on the old depot stuff. I don't I don't I mean I think you hit on a lot of good points there. To me, like it just it makes way more sense for a team like, you know, the Heat to go after a Victor Oladipo because it is a risk for them. Like they were definitely, definitely yeah. taking a risk for Oladipo. But if he's eighty percent, ninety percent of what he was that twenty uh seventeen, eighteen season, if he's that alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam out of Io then they are like I think this series with the Lakers like they're probably either up one or you know probably in the same place maybe but with that said 
just adding another star to that team might be enough to like really get him over the hump of, you know, being like a, a getting on a good run to being like a power in the East. But again, that they're taking a big risk going all in on a guy who has serious injury issues. And like you said, he's had one stint where he was elite, all NBA, like incredible. But other than that, he's been, you know, just an above average player. Um, So I don't know. I don't even know if like what a team like the heat would value him. Cause you know, you have to, you have to assume they're giving up Tyler hero in that deal. Um, I don't know what their draft pick situation is looking like, but you have to assume they're giving up a couple good young players to bring all the depot in and you're getting him for one year. If you're, if you're not even sold on him long-term, you're kind of giving up a lot for that one year. So I don't know. He's a weird situation for me. And I like, I think I could convince myself that, Chris Paul is an okay deal. If, you know, if it goes through, they don't give up a ton. He stays healthy. He kind of like brings that winning culture, whatever. I could convince myself, you know, like, wow, that was a good deal to get Chris Paul. I think I'll have a much tougher time convincing myself that trading for Victor Oladipo is a good idea. Yeah. The thing with the heat is I think you'd be selling a little high on, hero too though mm-hmm. because that's true the the media hype on him is so huge right now and but you know it's been a great playoff run and this has all been in the bubble and teams have been shooting the lights out in the bubble so i think we may see a lot of guys get traded off their what they've the done bubble. in the bubble before mm-hmm. they have a chance to go back to playing in front of crowds yeah yeah playing in front of crowds Could and in see front like, of those uh, deep, deep gary trent jr yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah could see TJ Warren get traded or something. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Who's, who's uh, like the all, but, um, bu- the all bubble team. Yeah. Cause those teams should all be like, all right, let's sell high on this guy. Let's, let's see how much. We yeah. Need yeah. Gary Trent Jr. Was really good too. Mm-hmm. He was, he had a really, really good stretch, but uh, yeah. All the depot. God, I, the, the idea that the Knicks could, just give up assets for him, and then he could walk away too at the end of the con at the end of the season mm-hmm. too. That's just a nightmare scenario. But no, I I I get it. He was he's a CAA guy. I think he is still a CAA mm-hmm. guy, I right? So, yeah. I don't think he used to be one. I think he still is. So so like Chris Paul, that rumor is not going to go away because of that. But uh, yeah, he's. Look, he's an interesting player. I think it makes a lot more sense, like you said, for Miami. I would not do it. The injury and the contract are huge concerns. But honestly, more for the contract, just because if they bro- if Rose and him really have a connection – then he can always make a run at him in free agency. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to make the same stupid mistake that Donnie Walsh made with Melo. And Rose should know that because he's the one who conned Donnie Walsh into making that stupid mistake with Melo. Yeah, yeah. He's the one who made the trade and orchestrated it in the first place. So he should know not to make this mistake. And Rose should be able to get, uh, gauge Oladipo's interest. If he doesn't make this trade, he should be able to know. Like if Oladipo is really interested in New York, maybe he can get him uh, whenever – the 2021 offseason happens. Who knows? I don't know. 
and I'm just just gonna put this in there, uh, fact checking us. Uh, he's Raymond Brothers of Rock Nation. That's his agent now. Um, oh, okay. Oh, he used so, to be CIA, right? Yeah, yeah. But still, you know, I mean, I think the the kind of the the similar thread. Oh, Rock with, Nation. Then maybe the Nets are gonna be in play. Yeah, the Nets are in play then. The Nets. I mean, I I don't know what <clears throat> I don't know what the Nets would even be able to give up to make that a deal happen. Uh, but the Nets wouldn't do Harris. to me. Yeah, it would, have, it would probably have to be Levert um, yeah. or Dinwiddie. That'd be know. a terrible trade by the Nets. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I think his fit in Brooklyn would be like would, would be a good one if he's healthy because he's a great defender, can play off ball with Kyrie and KD a little bit. Like, But still, yeah, I think – I think if, if I'm the Nets, uh, and maybe this is a case where I'm overrating the Nets prospects because I'm too close, you know, I, I write about him, I cover him too close. But I, I think giving up Levert and maybe, you know, another asset or two for Oladipo would just wouldn't make sense because I could see Levert turning into, you know, maybe not defensively what Oladipo is, but at least offensively, I could see him being very comparable, if not better, um, if he reaches his full potential. But I don't know. We'll we'll see on that. Do you really um, think he's gonna be that good, Levert? Well, I'm I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying like that that elite 2017-18 season that he had, but I could see right. him next year averaging 16, 17, you know, 18 points off the bench, a few assists. Because I think I think his best his best role will probably be as a sixth man. Um, and I know Dinwiddie's kind of had that role in the past, but. I think Levert, like, kind of orchestrating the offense and, you know, playing through him on the second unit. And then, you know, you see him in fourth quarters with the, you know, with the closing lineup. I think that would be perfect for him because he could he, – I mean, he's good enough score to, to beat up on some second units. And then, you know, he plays off ball with Kyrie and KD. I could see him turning into, uh, you know, a 16, 17, 18 points per game guy with, with that team next year. I guess Dimwitty could get the deal done too for Indiana because – it's unique in that Indiana's not a rebuilding team. They're going to want a guy. They're going to want someone to, who can contribute to compete in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that would be Dinwiddie. So Dinwiddie might be able to get the deal done. I have no idea about salaries or anything, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and he's he's big enough where you can, you know, he. I mean, he's a point guard, I think, at heart, but he's big enough where you know him and Brogdon would be fine in the backcourt together. I think. Yeah, and Brogdon, him and Kyrie, I mean, it, it didn't feel like a fit, right, last year, but that's what everyone was I, – I didn't watch a ton of the two of them together because they mm-hmm. played together for like 30 seconds yeah, Kyrie, before like, Kyrie got hurt. Yeah, Kyrie played, what, like 12 games, so it's mm-hmm. hard to evaluate. Um, but, I mean, they're – and they're buddies too, so that – like remember the whole yeah thing well where they, that's oh, I wasn't even thinking of that and Kyrie they, runs the team then when they get traded they took a like a Harvard class together or some something like that oh, for fuck, something like that I forget I forget the exact uh, the exact story but yeah it was like Dinwiddie was part of the recruiting process so I mean I yeah I, I don't know only Debo to the Nets I don't know but I I think that's that. I don't I, I don't even know where I stand with Oladipo because I keep saying heat, but now that we're like kind of talking it through, I feel like it's a risky move for anybody whoever whoever does it. Oh, it's totally a risky move. 
Totally a risky move. And I'm not sure the Heat even need to make it now that we've seen what they can do now, without yeah. him. I think when I was really, really need to do it. When I was really pushing the or not even not that I was pushing, but when I was really thinking about the Ola Depot to the Heat thing, that was in like the second round of the playoffs, like maybe before, like right before they yeah. you know, took Milwaukee to the woodshed. So it's like at that point you're thinking, yeah, the Heat probably need one more guy to go over the edge. But now, I mean, they're going toe to toe with LeBron and Anthony Davis in the NBA Finals. Yeah, without now they're waiting on Giannis. Yeah, 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 they're waiting on Giannis. I think I don't think they're going to trade for Oladipo because they're waiting on Giannis probably. And but for them, if you don't get you know if Giannis stays in Milwaukee, you don't get him. Oladipo's a free agent. You can actually just bring him in and, and not even have to give up anybody. That's interesting. What about – because who, if not Miami, who who is it for Oladipo? Like maybe – I Anybody out west who makes sense? I can't even think of anybody. I mean, they're not going to trade him. I would say Milwaukee because they're desperate for an impact player, but they're not going to trade him – to a direct competitor, right? Like No, and I think probably Milwaukee probably wouldn't trade for him because imagine trading for Oladipo after you just let Brogdon go where, you know, Brogdon Brogdon might be the better player now. So, you know, you're giving up assets to get a guy that you... That would be... Yeah, that, like, that, just to me, the optics of it are too, too much for Milwaukee to stomach, I would bet. Trying to think. Yeah, I can't think of a single team. Who else team. is like – who? I, yeah. I can't think of a single team who it would even make sense for Old Depot to get dealt to. It could end up – it could end up being a salary dump because it is just one year. It is just one year, $21 million, right? Yeah, a, so, team, a team could actually <clears> – a <throat> team that want, yeah, wants to kind of clear some cap space could could make a deal like that. Maybe he ends mm-hmm. up back in OKC. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <clears throat> that would be That'd be something. I'm trying to think. Yeah, cuz I don't uh, yeah, I mean now that we're kind of we're we're going through all these teams and all these scenarios, I don't think anyone is going to want to like it's going to feel comfortable enough giving up assets for a guy who Atlanta won. Atlanta could be a That's a good one. Atlanta. That, that's a good one. Cuz Trey Young is starting to get a little uh, a little antsy down there. And actually, if Oladipo is Atlanta healthy, could do it. Yeah, John if, Collins maybe. If Oladipo is healthy and playing, you know, playing better than you know we saw him last year, he's actually a good yeah. guy to have in the backcourt with with Trey Young because I mean he can Trey Young needs the ball a lot, but Oladipo can play on or off ball. He can lead the second unit offense if they, you know, if they want to stagger him out like that. Because I know they don't really have a second point guard, um, or at least that's been an issue in the past. And he's a good defender, so that would help Trey Young in the backcourt. But yeah, if they, and if they, if Indiana also gets rid of Miles Turner, John Collins becomes a decent fit for them there. They got hurt. You That'd know, be a hurt, great trade for both sides. I think they got hurt, or they got they got a few. They got a few young pieces who could probably make it work. That's interesting. That that might be yeah. I think one, that's a good fit. Keep, it's just a matter of yeah. I like Atlanta for Oladipo. Now we're going off on a huge Oladipo tangent. Yeah, because no, it, I do. I think, like, <laughs> I think we we both were kind of in agreement that we 
we don't want him anywhere near the Knicks during this uh, this off season. So now we're trying to uh, yeah, we're trying to like reverse engineer, or, you force know, him onto someone else. Yeah, we're trying to figure out who who else is going to take him. When we tweet this out, we're gonna make it clear that we do. Should we should we say we want him on the Hawks? Should we say we think he should go to the Hawks? Or should we? Yeah, I think I think we should yeah. make the the joint decision for the pod that we are advocating <laughs> for the Hawks to trade for Victor Oladipo. So Hawks Twitter out there, get on it. Start <laughs> start start pushing that. I think that's a good. I think that's well. I'm trying to think like the Hawks. John Collins is another guy who's in trade rumors all the time. So I feel like it's only a matter of time before he gets traded. And God, he doesn't per- – he's not a perfect fit, I guess, with Sabonis, right? Because he doesn't stretch the floor perfectly. But you can't – I don't know. He's, I'd he's do not, it if, not, if I was – I'd do it if I was in Indiana. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I don't think I, – I think Indiana probably – they don't – I mean, if, if Oladipo's really unhappy and he's really going to leave, it's like at a certain point you, you got to take what you can get um, and ship him off before yeah. you lose him for nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just looking up Collins. He shot 40% from three on three 3.6 attempts. Oh, I thought it was a low sample, lower sample size than that. Yeah, I mean, 3.6, okay. 3.6, I mean, it's not like he's he's jacking him from down there, but that's not, right. that's not terrible. This was like the first year that he was mm-hmm. taking him, or? He, yeah, he, right. his rookie year, he barely took any, 0.6. His uh, second year, 2.6, 35%. Um, and this one jumped up to 3.6. Okay. So steady improvement. But again, I, I'm looking at just the raw stats. I don't know. Um, I'm sure I'm sure we could dig deeper into that. And Let see, me like, see his wide open, catch and shoot. Yeah, catch and shoot, all that stuff. Because obviously just looking at the straight, the straight um, you know, attempts and percentage doesn't tell the full picture uh, of like what. A yeah, I'm sure he probably hasn't actually is. taken too many pull-up three. So probably yeah. doesn't. Probably a lot on like uh, probably takes a lot pick up pick and pops with with young is what yeah I would, what I would imagine like staggered screens you where, would think you know the the center rolls and then he pops out to the three point line um, I would assume but yeah that that sounds about right you would think that's what he does he's uh forty two and a half percent on catch and shoot uh, that is what it says here on stats. Uh, 134 of his 147 are uh, catch and shoots. Okay, that makes and, sense. And uh, he's, yeah, 40.9 on wide open threes. So, yeah, most of his threes are wide open. Yeah. So, and I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Most, yeah, that, that if makes you look sense at with, with most Young. big guys who takes threes, mm. yeah. Most big guys who take threes, they're uh, wide open most of the time. He hasn't taken as many corner threes as I would expect. 127 of his uh, threes are above the break threes, which goes to your point about uh, pick and pop threes. I'm sure many of his – he's only taken 19 corner threes, but he shoots 
40.9% on above the break threes. It's pretty good. Yeah, so. it's pretty good for, for a 6'9 yeah. big man. Yeah. No, I I like John Collins. I know everybody, the knock on him is defense. That's why they traded for Capella and everything. But that's I, yeah, that, that's like the knock on every single player on the Hawks almost. So it's not just him. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, that's they stick a, on defense. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a that's that's a team thing. And obviously each individual has plays their own part and you know, you can criticize them for that. But I think sometimes we overlook like you put you put say you put John Collins on the heat, how bad like is he gonna be a terrible defender or are you gonna look at him in someone's like the heat system and say like, Okay, you know, look he's he's okay. He's not terrible. Like I think a lot of it has to has to do with who's around you. It's individual defense is very tough to tough to um I don't know, I guess like not forecast but it's tough to it's tough to really get a handle on a guy when he's on such a terrible defensive team as a whole yeah true um, so i guess since we're going off all the way on this tangent is there anything any last Knicks thoughts that we have uh to kind of recap our our Oladipo Chris Paul and then young assets conversation uh no i just uh I sent you that Dennis Smith Jr. thing, right? Did you read that? Oh yeah, about yeah, what they yeah. Said about DSJ. Yeah, he was he was early to, um, what was it? He's early to the workouts to work out with Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they said, uh, I think it was Begley who said mm-hmm. that uh, there's still significant support in the organization, and there are people with the Knicks who would like to see. DSJ get a legit chance to bounce back even after last season. So, but, and I said, like, I think it was the last show we did, like, it feels like since Tibbs got, has gotten hired, we've heard more positive stuff about DSJ than we ever did before mm-hmm. Tibbs got hired. Like the Knicks are now more into DSJ than they ever were before. I think like Tibbs, is either legitimately really pro DSJ or they're hyping up DSJ to trade him. It's one of the two. So I, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I think it's probably the latter. I think they're probably so? kind of hyping him up a little bit. But with that said, I have I have no idea what's going through Tibbs's head. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that Dennis Smith Jr. is going to turn into an MVP, but he had a pretty successful uh, stint with Derrick Rose in Chicago, who is oh, a, yeah. an undersized, athletic, um, offensive-minded point guard who doesn't really play a ton of defense. Uh, Tibbs turned De- uh, Derrick Rose into a, an MVP and one of the best young stars in the league. If not for injuries, Derrick Rose probably would have had a couple MVPs uh, in, his, in his trophy case. Not saying that's going to happen with Dennis Smith Jr., but – I mean, you never know. There's like all these reclamation projects that the Knicks have had over the years. Maybe they're going to start working out with uh, with a, a decent coach and a decent development staff. I don't know if I'm optimistic that DSJ is going to turn around just because I've seen so much bad in the last year and a half or whatever it's been since he joined the team. Um, and even, you know, some of his, his post-game, you know, talking with the media, it's like, it's almost like he doesn't even want to be there. Like, I don't know the attitude. 
Um, but again, I'm not going to root. I'm, or I'm not going to, uh, what you call it? I'm not going to root against him or anything. Like I'm not going to write him off completely as a lost cause because I think that's unfair to, uh, to write off a guy who is what, 21, 22 years old. Um, maybe 23. I don't know. I don't know his age, but um, I'm not going to write him off just yet. But I, if my, my gut instinct would tell me that the Knicks are maybe pumping him up a little bit. So maybe, maybe the, the Thunder are like, yeah, Den, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Maybe he would be a nice little, uh, little addition to the backcourt. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They've been, they've been selling that Tibbs was high on him since he was hired. Mm-hmm. So it could be that. I don't know. I think uh, if he's not traded, I think DSJ is going to get a shot at minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting to me now to watch all of this response and everything because what if DSJ falls out and he outplays Frank Nielakina and plays better than Frank and is ahead of him in the rotation when the season comes out because we haven't we've seen all this stuff about how much Tibbs likes DSJ. It it would be interesting to see if DSJ really does make an improvement. Like I I'm like you, I'm, I'm not optimistic. I I, I think DSJ probably needs a change of scenery. He went through a really tough time last year. Well, just not just on the court, off the court too. He had a really rough year, but it, it would be interesting to see. And, I don't buy that he didn't get a fair shake with us. He got playing time. David Fisdale loved DSJ. Yeah, he hated Frank and loved DSJ. For whatever reason, he had it out for Frank, and yeah, he just wanted to play DSJ over him at all costs, even though Frank was playing better at the time. Uh, and Frank is a better player than DSJ right now. So it was weird. But, yeah, he's gotten a fair shake, but if – I don't think Tibbs is going to necessarily say like, well, because DSJs look terrible so far with us for the most part that I'm not going to give him a shot here. And I think Frank's probably going to win out over DSJ in terms of the rotation. But, uh, and once that does happen, when uh, DSJ is what, like the barring whatever happens, most likely third or fourth on the depth chart, whatever, in terms of point guards, because Frank will probably be the backup based on how the offseason mm-hmm. goes. Uh, I think he'll probably get moved or something. Yeah, I, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised by that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're probably right that they're probably gassing him up to trade him. But, I don't know, I think – Tibbs also, he works his ass off. He probably likes the challenge of trying to turn Dennis Smith Jr. from the disastrous year he had last year into a, like you said, a reclamation project. Like he probably finds that. Coaches love that shit. He, th- he, I, I, he finds it a challenge. He thinks it would be so, a <clears throat> notch on his belt, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm sure he would love to do it to be able to turn DSJ's career around, but I'm just not sure it's possible in New York. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I think we're, we're in lockstep on that. Hopeful, but not optimistic. Um, and I think, mm-hmm. like you said, Tibbs, I think he fancies himself as a development guy. You know, a lot of those guys he, he had in Chicago, he turned them into really good players. You know, Exhibit A, Jimmy Butler in the NBA Finals right now. 
Um, so you never know, but not too optimistic about it. Uh, so I guess that's all the time we have here. I think we covered everything uh, pretty much. Some of the young guys, Oladipo, Chris Paul. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's all we have for you here on this episode of Nick's State of Mind. We will catch you sometime next week uh, with maybe some uh, – maybe we'll start getting into some more of the draft stuff. Um, or if there's any new developments on these fronts, uh, we'll obviously get to that as well. Uh, so thanks again for listening. And, uh, yeah, thanks again.